Welcome to the Inspired by Her Story podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Casso, travel and brand photographer and the founder of Caitlin Casso Creations, where I share other women's stories through my photographs and now this podcast. Inspired by Her Story is a podcast dedicated to inspiring, motivating, encouraging, and empowering women to get out of their comfort zones and follow their dreams. Whether it's owning their own business, experiencing something new, or making a major life change, I want to encourage other women to follow their dreams and live their lives to the fullest. Throughout this podcast, I will be sharing my own stories and those of inspirational women with hopes to let souls connect and adventures to unwind. Follow along as I take you with me during my travels, experiences, and encounters with these amazing women. Today on Inspired by Her Story is Alyssa Levy. Alyssa is a registered dietitian who believes that food should be satisfying, nourishing, and delicious. She is the owner of Alyssa Levy Nutrition and Wellness LLC, a private practice based in Connecticut with a focus on digestive health. She provides in-person and virtual nutrition counseling as well as personal training. Alyssa regularly contributes to national media outlets such as Women's Health, Shape, Reader's Digest, Cooking Light, and more. During this episode, Alyssa talks more about the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist. Nutritionist is not a regulated term, Mm -hmm. so anyone could really call themselves a nutritionist, even if maybe you never took a course or if you took an online course uh, for a weekend or whatever it might be. How she has grown as an entrepreneur. Well, and it felt so daunting at the time, and it's like I did it. I figured it out. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like whatever else comes up, you're going to figure out and what it takes to start your own business. But if it is something that you wanna do, the pieces will fall into place if you work hard, if you stay organized and and make a plan and you're, you're willing to be flexible because it never goes according to plan. Let's hear more about her journey. Welcome to the podcast, Alyssa. Thank you. Thanks for joining me. Um, so I actually met Alyssa through Instagram, which is crazy. Instagram friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what's funny too is I feel like a lot of the times when you make connections through Instagram, it could be people like across the country or across the world, but we're like 10 minutes away from each other. <laughs> <laughs> True. I love it. And I love being able to meet other local business owners and also, I love what you do, so of co- which we'll get into. So, of course, that's also why I started following you also, because for personal reasons. Um, so I'm really excited uh, to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And so tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Sure. So uh, I'm Alyssa Levy. I am the owner of Alyssa Levy Nutrition and Wellness, which is a um, nutrition counseling and personal training business. Mm-hmm. And, um, I have offices in Norwalk, Connecticut and Hamden, Connecticut. And I also meet with people virtually. Awesome. And that's such a great feature to have nowadays too. I feel like being able to do things virtually and not necessarily having to go into somebody's office all the time. It's really helpful. And especially if, um, weather or um, for whatever reason, someone actually can't drive in, but they're still available to me. It just makes it, um, it's really nice for my practice, fewer no-shows and Mm -hmm. it's more convenient and flexible hours. Yeah, definitely. And then I'm sure it's also nice being able to help people that might not even be local too. Yeah, that's very true. It's like not everyone wants to drive an hour plus to get to an office. And so, um, I can even meet with people up in the Hartford area or, um, or wherever. And, and it's very easy. Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome. 
So now tell us a little bit more about your journey and how you got to where you are today and what made you want to pursue this. So I actually um, had some of my own digestive health struggles when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, I had really bad reflux and I was probably 11, 11 or 12. And um, we couldn't figure it out for a really long time. We couldn't figure out why I wasn't feeling well for so long. And I ended up being on medication for a while. And then finally, when I was older, I made some dietary changes and I was actually able to get off the medication. Um, so I sort of have my own personal story when it comes to my relationship with digestive health, um, Mm. in terms of my, my area of specialization. Um, but that actually, it, it sort of, it was an interest of mine and then I never planned on doing anything with nutrition. Yeah wanted to maybe keep it as a hobby. (laughs) And then, um, I really couldn't deny that I was so interested in it. So I had to take a, um, a general credit requirement in college Mm -hmm. for biology. I chose biology of nutrition and health and I just fell in love and I decided to switch my major and learn more about nutrition. And I planned that I would become a dietitian. I would get my master's. I would do the dietetic internship, which is the, um, the supervised practice hours required for the RD mm-hmm. credential. And um, I had a plan that I would start a private practice. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so my world sort of collided. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny how so often um, when you start your own business, it can all start from a hobby that you had mm-hmm. and you had no idea that you would end up turning it into a business? Yeah, it it really is amazing to me. It's like, I don't know why I didn't think about this before. I think when you're growing up and going through middle school and high school, you're not exposed to all of the different um, professions mm-hmm. that you could potentially do. Right. <laughs> and so I didn't think about being a dietitian. I didn't really know what a dietitian did, to be perfectly honest. Right. Um, I knew I liked nutrition. At the time, I didn't love science. Now I'm a big science nerd. Um, <laughs> But at the time, I was like, oh, I like reading. I like writing. I'll major in English. Mm. had no idea what I would do with it. Yeah. (laughs) But that was sort of what I was exposed to and what I thought I would do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. It's so funny because you kind of go into school just like, oh, well, this is like what I'm supposed to do. Or I guess this is my interest. So sure, we're going to make it happen. And then things can change. And you just have to accept the fact that it's okay to go with change too. Yeah. And it was scary. And it was, um, I had already completed... My freshman year, I had gotten a lot of the credits out of the way for the English major because I was a planner and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll get a, a lot of this done and I'll have all these room for all this room for electives and yeah. um, study abroad. And then I changed my major and I couldn't travel abroad and I worked through every summer to make sure that I graduated on time. So it didn't really work out like that, yeah. but it did work out in the end. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you just have to go with the change and make it exactly. work. <laughs> So for those who might not know, what is the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist? Sure. That's a great question. Um, I actually get asked this all the time. (laughs) So I like to say that all dietitians are nutritionists, but not all nutritionists are dietitians. And what I mean by that is um, nutritionist is not a regulated term. Mm -hmm. So anyone could really call themselves a nutritionist, even if maybe you never took a course or if you took an online course uh, for a weekend or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas for someone to call themselves a a dietitian or a registered dietitian, there are certain um, uh, things that need to be done in order to get that credential. Mm -hmm. So um, there's uh, 
course requirements that every dietitian needs to have taken. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, the natural science path that is very common for med school. So biology, chemistry, organic chemistry, biochem, microbiology, all of those classes, as well as some psychology classes, um, uh, counseling classes, and then of course, nutrition, medical nutrition therapy. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of, uh, core coursework that needs to be done. And then there's a, um, the dietetic internship mm-hmm. and that is a, uh, usually year long supervised practice where you match for the internship. Oh. So you rank what, uh, where you would like to go. Yeah. They rank they would like to take and you hope okay. you match right. <laughs> um and then you're you're there and there's various rotations so there's community and clinical um and food service rotations as well as elective rotations and then from there you sit for the rd exam which is a national exam and then there's licensure and continuing education credits oh, so okay. there's definitely a big difference between yeah. someone who has um gone through the supervised practice, sat through the exam, um, and maintained licensure. And there, there will be a new requirement. I forget when it's going to be, um, going into effect, but you will need to have a master's degree as well mm-hmm. in the next year or couple oh, of years. Okay. Yeah. That, that has been established. Um, so that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so good to know because I feel like you could end up trying to work with somebody and not realize that they don't necessarily have all of these requirements or education that's backing them. Yeah. So and it, there's definitely, um, I once had someone told me, a mentor, that there's a lot of hoops you go through to get your RD. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure you really want it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy with my decision. Um, but it, it definitely is um, is a little bit of a long road. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could only imagine. But then once you get to the end, then you're just like, ah. Oh, it's so worth it. Yeah. And I'm proud of myself. Looking back, it's always like, oh, I'm glad I did that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and now you're on to the good stuff. <laughs> and I, I supervise interns now and I it, it puts me back and I remember that it's a long road. <laughs> right. And you're like, it's okay. You can get through it. Yes. Light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so funny. Now you're on the other side of it. Yes. <laughs> I'd rather be on this side of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <'Cause> we all... <laughs> And so now I know you work with a lot of clients who have gut issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even people who might need to take out dairy from their diet or gluten from their diet or whatever it might be. A lot of the times when people have to kind of change something so drastically like that, having to change what they're eating every day, think more about what they're cooking, what they're consuming, it can be a little bit like uncomfortable for them because now they feel like a big part of them has to change. Sure. So what kind of advice would you give someone who's going through something like that? And like, what steps would it take in order to, you know, successfully get there rather than feeling like they just want to quit instantly? Sure. Well, it's a major lifestyle overhaul. And that's something that I really understand when I'm working with my clients. And so my uh, goal is to make it easier and less stressful for the client. Mm -hmm. Um, When they're working with me, this is my full-time job to understand the nuances of all of the research and to learn the products that are out there and available and to get recipes together for them, whether it's mm-hmm. my own or whether I know of great resources for them um, or a combination usually. Mm-hmm. So that being said, I guess my my best advice would be to work with a dietitian because <laughs> it would make it a lot easier rather than trying to do it all on your own. I always explain to prospective clients when we do phone consultations that um, – 
you, this is not your full-time job. This is my full-time job. You have, whether it's kids, a job of your own, a family, um, your own personal and work stressors. So Mm -hmm. why add this to the mix? Why not make it easier on yourself? And you also want to make sure that you're not missing out on key nutrients Mm -hmm. or that you're not avoiding something that you don't really need to avoid. So usually people will get where they're going faster in terms of symptom management when they're working with a GI dietitian. Um, And hopefully my goal is always to do that in the least restrictive way possible. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Do you feel like also having that accountability for them is helpful too? Definitely. Sometimes when we um, spread follow-ups, too far, whether it's due to scheduling or, or whatever it might be, um, too far apart from one another, uh, people will, uh, sometimes start to struggle and then we reconvene and we, we meet and we figure out what went wrong and, uh, we make a plan to follow up with a, um, shorter, (laughs) shorter follow-up period. Mm -hmm. And that way, um, they can actually, uh, have smaller, more specific goals. That's what I usually Mm. plan on although not everyone's schedules always work so well uh this is real life so that being said the accountability is a major factor and I do see that a lot in practice um Mm -hmm. and at least to get started to have more frequent follow-ups and then I always explain my goal is to spread those out further and further as someone starts to gain more independence and really understand what they're doing Mm -hmm. so the goal is not to work with me forever um but I, I definitely hold Um, hold their hand at the beginning of the process and then Mm -hmm. sort of transfer all of that um, guidance and education so that they're ultimately empowered to really take charge of everything themselves. Yeah, that's awesome. Because once you're working with somebody for a certain period of time, then it's like, okay, now I know exactly what to do. I know how to handle this and I'll be able to do it on my own eventually. And that's, I love seeing that turning point in clients and it, Mm -hmm. it, it's always there. Um, sometimes it's after a shorter time of working together. Sometimes it takes a lot longer. It really depends on the person and their, their personal journey. But, um, I love when I have clients that are starting to tell me if they experience symptoms, why it might've been, mm, or yeah, seeing awesome. that there's uh, fewer food fears because maybe they experience symptoms and they're like, well, but I know it was probably related to this and that instead of feeling like, oh my gosh, now I don't know. I, I don't think I can eat any of that anymore. Clearly, I didn't tolerate it well, even yeah. if, if it was unrelated to diet or if it was due to a dietary trigger. Um, but it doesn't mean that the whole meal needs to be mm-hmm. or all the components of a meal need to then be avoided. Right. right. <laughs> so it's a really nice turning point when you work with someone and you actually start to um, see them coming up with reasons why they may feel a certain way or mm-hmm. um, just understanding and interpreting what is actually going on in their bodies. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. It's like such a, an amazing experience for them, I'm sure, because now they're like, okay, I can kind of take control of my life again. It is. And I always explain to people, you are the expert of your own body. Mm. I believe you if you tell me that something doesn't feel right. Yeah. Even if when we first go over everything, maybe it doesn't make a lot of sense. Maybe it's not a common trigger, but I believe you that you don't feel well when you're eating that. But what are other common triggers that are in your diet? Where do we want to start in terms of maybe pulling out certain foods and then seeing how you feel based on that and then looking at maybe the less common 
triggers. I believe you that something isn't right, but sometimes mm-hmm. it takes a little bit of guidance to understand what was actually provoking that. Right. Um, and then as we start to reintroduce, people really start to relearn what their body is trying to tell them. Mm-hmm. That's so <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Now, do you feel like there are any like nutritional myths out there that you'd love to debunk? There are a lot. I could probably (laughs) talk about that for another like five episodes, but in the interest of time, um, I think the most common myth that I see and granted, I specialize in digestive health. So, um, maybe there's a reason I see this more in my office, but I do think it's pretty common. Um, a lot of people go gluten-free on their own merit Mm. without ever meeting with a gastroenterologist, um, or a dietitian. And it's sort of like, well, I took out Uh, gluten and I feel better not a hundred percent but I feel better so I think I'm gluten intolerant Mm -hmm. which is possible it's possible that someone has gluten sensitivity however it's really important to actually meet with your gastroenterologist and meet with a dietitian because it may not be the gluten it may be other things that were um, in your diet that were bothering you Mm -hmm. it may be other components in wheat that were bothering you and not necessarily the gluten and there are actually ways to um, learn more about what's bothering you if it's the gluten yeah. or if it's maybe some other components. Um, so, uh, and, and another thing is if someone takes out gluten on their own and they're gluten free for quite some time, um, and, and in particular, if they're strict about it, they actually just made it so that it's very difficult to test for celiac disease. Um, because you actually need to be consuming gluten Mm -hmm. to be properly tested for celiac disease. So it is best practice to rule that out before Mm -hmm. taking gluten out of the diet. And a lot of people don't realize that. So I think that's probably one of the bigger myths, um, that I I don't know, maybe that someone needs to be gluten free to feel better, that it's healthier. And the truth is it's healthier if you don't tolerate it. Right. Um, because obviously you don't want to walk around feeling sick all of the time, mm-hmm. but it could be that it's not gluten or it could be that it's something more, more serious like celiac. And you really should then go through that gluten-free mm-hmm. education with a dietitian because there's a lot of hidden sources of gluten and um, possible sources of cross contact. And so you want to make right. sure that you're, um, you're being as strict as you need mm-hmm. and that you're not being overly strict if you don't need to or overly restrictive. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I love what you told me about um, with cheese, too, because I was telling you how I was like when we first met, I was like, yeah, so I'm trying to avoid cheese. And you're like instantly start questioning me. Out of it. <laughs> Dietitian mode on. Yeah. And I was like, I'll take it. That's totally fine. But I definitely learned that not all cheese has lactose. Right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So actually, a lot of the um, harder and aged cheeses tend to be lower in lactose. Um, some are very low in lactose, essentially lactose free. And um, a lot of people with lactose intolerance can tolerate them very well, mm-hmm. whereas some of the softer or less aged cheeses, um, for example, like ricotta cheese, mm-hmm. uh, those tend to, or cottage cheese, those tend to be higher in lactose, and they will typically bother people more mm-hmm. with um, lactose intolerance. Yeah, which I was so, so you don't amazed have to avoid by. All cheese. I know when you <laughs> told me that, I was like. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, you can definitely enjoy the cheese. Yeah. And actually, I think it was right after we met too, I had cheese and crackers and it was like a harder cheese that mm-hmm. I had. And I realized after I was like, like the next day it finally clicked and I was like, oh, my stomach didn't hurt. Oh, that's so and exciting. I was like, oh, she was right. <laughs> it, it makes such a difference in quality of life. I always say if someone needs to avoid something because they genuinely don't feel good when they eat it, I yeah. don't want them eating it and feeling miserable. Right. But do you really need to avoid that or do you need to avoid all foods that have that 
component in it mm-hmm. i don't know why don't we why yeah. don't we test it out because why avoid things that you don't need to exactly because <laughs> you get to enjoy life a lot more exactly. and it makes things a lot easier too like i have to say like whether it's going to parties or going out to eat or picnics whatever it is sometimes can be so hard if you're trying to avoid certain things but if you realize you don't need to avoid everything of then course. you're good well and i always explain that avoiding foods is a choice um i mean when I go through, for example, low FODMAP diet for IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, there's a lot of foods to avoid, at least temporarily, um, during that first phase of the diet. And um, we go through this sort of uh, three-phase process where we then reintroduce, and then you're in this more modified uh, low FODMAP uh phase where it's really personalized and you're only actually avoiding what you need to avoid but that's Mm -hmm. a choice yeah you know how you may react to something at that point and you choose if you want to have that food and deal Mm -hmm. with feeling like that right or if you don't want to deal with feeling like that and then you don't have the food but at the end of the day it Mm -hmm. it is a choice yeah um of course it's a little different if someone has like a life-threatening um peanut allergy mm-hmm. or uh, celiac disease and they really do need to avoid gluten um, for their health but um, in terms of some digestive upset uh, for certain conditions mm-hmm. it's really nice to know dietary triggers and overall you can maintain your symptoms really well and feel well but it is truly a choice I yeah. choose to avoid dietary triggers of reflux mm-hmm. most of the time mm-hmm. sometimes I don't Right. And then I suffer the consequences and mm-hmm. then I remember why I usually avoid them. Yeah. Um, but it's a choice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> it's all based on your decision. Exactly. <laughs> we'll be back with our guest in just a minute. But first, let's hear a quick message from our sponsors. Are you a business owner struggling with building connections with your audience? Are you scrambling last minute to find a photo to post on your social media platforms? Still using stock photos for your website? That's why having a brand photo shoot is so important. Showing pictures of yourself, your team, and what you do is exactly what's going to help you build connections with your audience, which will then turn into clients. But it's not just about having a brand photo shoot. It's all about really connecting with your photographer. It's super important to feel 100% confident before and during your photo shoot so you could represent your brand in the best way and bring the right clients to you. And that's exactly where I can help. My goal is to make you shine in your brightest light while showcasing your brand exactly how you envision it. So let's work together. Head over to CaitlinCasso.com or send me an email at CaitlinCasso at gmail.com and we'll chat more. And now back to the episode. And so starting your own practice can be very outside of somebody's comfort zone. Sure. Do you feel like when you decided to take the leap that it was something outside your comfort zone? Was there any sort of hesitation or anything? Um, yes and no. It's kind of funny looking back. I'm like, wow, I'm really glad I just did that without feeling like I took a second to think about everything I was doing because I probably would have stopped myself. (laughs) Um, but I actually went into nutrition thinking that I would have my own private practice. Mm -hmm. Um, the specialty had 
gone through a couple of transformations um, as I started to get more interested in all different facets of nutrition. It was like, oh, maybe I'll um, maybe I'll have a private practice that specializes with eating disorders. Maybe I'll have a private practice that specializes with sports nutrition or, or this or that. And then um, I really fell in love with digestive health. Mm-hmm. I still very much love sports nutrition and I have been fortunate uh, to combine the two and there's a big overlap actually because a lot of athletes suffer from digestive health conditions Mm. um, and some of the methods of fueling can aggravate digestive health conditions. So that being said, again, my world's collided really nicely, but, um, but digestive health is really, I, I knew that when I started my practice, I wanted to really build that part of it up mm-hmm. because I light up when I work with clients to actually expand their diet rather than restrict it more and yeah. help them to feel better. And I feel like it's such immediate relief for people if they pull out dietary triggers and feel better. And it tends to be a very highly motivated mm-hmm. population to work with. Um, and I get it because I went through the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just feel like I, I sort of went through the motions. Uh, I planned that I would work um, and gain some experience first, that I wouldn't just start my practice right out of uh, graduate school and my my internship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was fortunate to have a really wonderful position as a GI dietitian within a very large gastroenterology group. And then when we needed to move for, um, for my husband's job, he had finished uh, training. He's a physician. And so we moved around quite a bit for residency and fellowship and Mm. ultimately for his job. Um, And I knew that when we would be in a place that we felt a little bit more settled, that I would start my practice. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I did. (laughs) I just sort of went through the motions of filing for the LLC and um, doing all the necessary paperwork and starting a a website and a blog and building everything kind of just from the ground up. And then opened my doors (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. probably after a a couple months of prepping yeah (laughs) getting everything in order that's so cool and it's great that you were able to you know still continue on this path even with having to move a few times it didn't deter Mm -hmm. you and it didn't make you give up and just think like okay you know what maybe I'm not gonna end up doing that one day no it was actually really nice it I knew that we would likely be moving around. I didn't really realize the extent. Um, My husband and I are both from Connecticut and we love this area and it's home. Mm -hmm. And when I met him, he was living in New Jersey, uh, finishing his res or in the middle of his residency. And um, I kind of thought that we would just be in the New Jersey, New York, Connecticut area. Mm. Um, But he really wanted to go to a program in Florida, (laughs) much to my surprise. Uh So we moved to Florida, which was very far from me, um, for my family and, and everything. But it ended up being such an amazing opportunity because we got the experience to live somewhere else and try it out. And also... Um, that is actually where I had the experience, um, Mm -hmm. working with that gastroenterology practice, which was just so valuable and really allowed me to be the practitioner that I am in my practice today. Um, yeah, it was always sort of segmented. Mm -hmm. I felt like, okay, I'm going to get this experience. And, and then it was sort of time for a new opportunity. And then, all of a sudden it was like, okay, I've been doing this for a little while and I still really want that private practice of mine. So it's like a new beginning. We're Mm -hmm. moving again and 
I'm going to start it. Yeah. And we're, um, we're planning on settling in the Connecticut area. So it seemed like a good time. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it seemed like everything kind of worked out just when it was supposed to. Yeah. It was definitely, um, it, it, yeah, it was a very felt long at the time, the whole process, but yeah. looking back, it, it really wasn't. And, um, and I just remember the night before I actually launched my business and I, I had made a social media post about how I'm now accepting mm-hmm. new clients. And um, I just remember as I was planning that post, I was like, am I doing this? <laughs> did, it, did I do everything that I needed to do to set this up? Am I ready? Yeah. And I just was like, it's happening. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> and, um, and I just did it. And then that was kind of the only time that I really had that little bit of doubt and took the time to, I guess, pause what I was doing to build up everything and, and actually just think like, am I doing this? Yeah. Is this okay? <laughs> it's funny because it like just happens, It right? just happened. You I feel just kept like moving forward. There was a lot of work to be done. <laughs> yeah. You feel like there's supposed to be like a bell that's rung or like you walk across stage to like receive something. I don't know. Like you feel like some big moment is supposed to happen when it's like, oh, now I'm starting my own business. Well, and it was weird because there was no one telling me what to do or that everything was okay. So it's yeah. like, is this allowed? Is this yeah. okay? I'm like, oh, I guess it is. I'm my own boss. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, um, it was very different because I had been an employee for all that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so happy that I didn't let that voice get the best of me because mm-hmm. uh, I knew that I had the experience. I I had the, the competence to um, be able to do what I wanted to do. And I just needed that confidence then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, that came more with time. But yeah. I remember I sort of, the first day, it's like, well, I'm ready for business. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I need to market myself and get clients. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's definitely um, building from the ground up is um, not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. It's scary <laughs> and intimidating and a lot of other crazy feelings. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of transformation do you feel like you've seen in yourself from like, that point of starting your business until now I feel like I can do anything <laughs> nice there you go no, but, but really I feel like um it's something it was just a dream of mine from when I was uh really early on in college uh, around sophomore year I thought one day I'll have this private practice in nutrition and I remember I would um even before my dietetic internship I reached out I had a few internship experiences with other RDs and I just remember thinking like, wow, one day that'll be me. And then it was just really cool when I was putting all this together. Like this was my dream and I felt like I, I got it and now it's going to continue to evolve and grow and it has grown so much. And Mm -hmm. I keep thinking 10 steps ahead. My husband always tells me that, um, I have so many ideas (laughs) that we were talking about this actually when we met, I have so many ideas that, um, and I get so excited about different parts of mm-hmm. nutrition and also different um, facets of my business that I need to focus um, on mm-hmm. one thing. And it can be really hard to do that sometimes when you're so excited yeah. and you start planning oh my God. a year ahead, five years ahead mm-hmm. where you see yourself and where you see the business. But I really feel like I've gotten um, just a, a new sense of confidence with building this and realizing how far it's come in, in this time. Yeah, that's so awesome. Because it's like you realize, okay, I made it this far. These are the obstacles that I already crossed over. Exactly. And now you can do anything. 
Well, and it felt so daunting at the time. And it's like, I did it. I figured it out. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like whatever else comes up, you're going to figure out. Yeah. that's <laughs> like I swear that's my motto. And sometimes I forget that I think this all the time until something comes up. And I'll be like, oh, I'll figure it out to everything. I don't know why or where it came from, but I'm just always like, oh, I'll just figure it out if that happens. Or when the, the time you comes, always I'll have. figure it out. <laughs> yeah, because you just kind of have to. You have to learn to adapt. You have to learn to adapt to change. And you're like, well, I'll just figure it out in the moment. We'll see what happens. Well, and the truth is staying where you are is really comfortable, mm-hmm. but not a lot of growth happens when you're yeah. comfortable. The growth really happens when you put yourself out there and you do things that scare you, like a podcast. Yeah. Even. I was nervous, um, mm-hmm. even though I love spending the time with you. <laughs> uh, this this is new. And, um, you know, anything new that I do in my business, it's um, it doesn't come without nerves yeah. or doubts. But when you do it, you feel such a sense of accomplishment and growth. Mm-hmm. And like you can then continue to take on new challenges, yeah. which I think is so important. Exactly. I totally agree. Because once you get that one thing like checked off the list, you're like, okay, on to the next. I could do so much more. Exactly. And then it's not as new and scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So besides your own transformations, have you seen any like crazy transformations in your clients that you've worked with? Yeah, a lot. Um, My, I, I mean, I, I just love my, the favorite, my favorite part of the day is when I have a follow-up with someone who it either finally clicked or they're feeling better or we're reintroducing foods and they realize that they can actually tolerate something that they thought they couldn't. And I mean, this happens multiple times a day typically because I have a busy practice and I do meet with a lot of individuals. So there have been countless transformation stories. Um, And it's so exciting to me to be able to feel like I was part of that process with them Mm -hmm. that um you know to me I I always try to think about this when I go to work it's it's my daily routine and when I go to the office and I'm meeting with clients I'm I'm going for another day at the office and then I I put it in perspective because for them maybe it's their first appointment and they're really nervous and they don't know if they're gonna have to eliminate all these foods or um you know how their journey may go and then as they continue to follow up and they're feeling better I feel like I'm a really big part of their transformation and mm-hmm. and their um hopefully increased quality of life and mm-hmm. that's what makes it really exciting to do what I do yeah <laughs> that's so awesome once you see your impact on other people then it just like keeps you going exactly it makes you really excited to get up and go to work and just hear how everyone's doing and you know I mean it, it's not always um rainbows and mm-hmm. <laughs> butterflies um you know there there are times when people get stuck and behavior change is hard and yeah and we work through it and then it makes uh that ultimate transformation even even sweeter right exactly <laughs> it's like if something became a challenge and you're able to get through it then it's like the end result feels even better exactly that's so cool <laughs> and so what kind of unique skill or trait do you feel like you have that you can offer your clients um I think my specialty in digestive health, because um, there are so many wonderful dietitians out there, and I don't think a lot of people realize that uh, many dietitians have their own specialty, mm, just like we go right. to different um, uh, medical specialties, right? Mm-hmm. You go to a gastroenterologist or a cardiologist or an endocrinologist, and I think that's very mm-hmm. well accepted, but I think a lot of people here oh, you're a dietitian, and then they'll ask all these <laughs> random questions under the sun. Um 
And the truth is I, I specialize in digestive health and sports nutrition, and that's where I'm really in my element and where I can best serve my clients. And I always say within that, I, um, my tagline is I repair gut health and food relationships. And so there's definitely mm. a component to getting um, people out of that yo-yo dieting cycle, and we work on food relationships within that. Um, but if someone approaches me for something that's really outside of that realm, I'm happy to refer them to a dietitian who specializes in that area so that they get the best care mm-hmm. for them. Um, and I also get many referrals from other dietitians because they know where I specialize. And right. so I think that I've undergone a lot of um, additional training mm-hmm. uh, to really become a GI dietitian and have that be my specialty. And then the hands-on um clinical experience so uh that's something I can really offer my clients if they're going through any sort of digestive health concern whether it's um IBS or IBD or SIBO or um GERD we we clearly like acronyms in the GI world (laughs) Um, but whatever it may be uh I will say I'm I'm your girl because Mm -hmm. this is what I do all day every day and I I know this like the back of my hand I have the resources I have the recipes um and and everything to really help someone get through this mm-hmm. and understand what works best for them and what doesn't. And that's something that someone else may not be able to offer, but they may be able to offer something different for right. someone else who needs mm-hmm. that. Exactly. <laughs> and I love the fact that, you know, you're able to refer to other dietitians if it's something that's not your specialty and vice versa, because in the end, it's all about making sure the client gets the right and proper help that they need. Right. I want someone to get the care that they need. And so um, I'm very honest if I'm the right person to work with someone. And if not, I'm happy to help find them yeah. someone who may be a better fit. Um because nutrition is so individualized mm-hmm. and um, and it's really it's a really personal topic when you're talking about symptom management. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking about it in a beautiful way right now, but like I spend a lot of my day talking about bowel movements and gas and discomfort yeah. and you want to feel comfortable mm-hmm. with who you're um, talking to yeah. about that. So you want to make so sure that you true. have a great vibe going with them mm-hmm. um, and that you feel comfortable to ask the important questions and share those details. And I'm all ears for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's such a good point. Like you want to be able to feel comfortable with somebody when having to open up about things like that, especially, I mean, for me, I feel like especially females, probably have a little bit harder of a time being able to open up about things like that and how if they're feeling gassy and like what their stomach is actually experiencing in that moment. Yeah. It and can it's be hard. It's funny because uh, the majority of my practice is actually women and mm-hmm. it's no surprise because IBS um, is the bulk of my practice, irritable bowel syndrome, and it tends to affect women more than men. Yeah. So um, I see a lot of women in my office and I always like to lighten the mood by saying like, by the way, we're going to be talking about a lot of details relating to this. So don't be shy. Yeah. And I'll start asking the probing questions that I need. Mm-hmm. Um, usually people open up rather quickly after that. But the truth is you want to make sure that you're um, comfortable with someone, not only in the sense that they can really help you because they know the material, mm-hmm. they know the resources and they know what's going on. Obviously that's really important, but also that you're comfortable with, the fact that you can speak with them about this yeah, stuff. Yeah, definitely. 100%. And so where do you see your business going from here? Like, what do you hope for your future of it? Uh, so I, I just want to see it keep growing. Um, I hope at one point to expand 
Um, right now I'm a one woman show and I joke around that I'm the dietitian, but I'm also, um, the social media manager and the receptionist and I do the billing and, um, X, Y, Z, you name it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so at some point, uh, probably in the nearer future, I see myself expanding so that I can continue to grow, continue to serve more people. Yeah. That's awesome. I love hearing that. It's (laughs) so true. Like there's so much that it takes in order to run a business. And at some point, like you just need to be able to get more help because otherwise you're just going to stay in this one spot and you're not going to be able to expand. You don't have the time and energy for it. It's true. And I have a very full practice right now, which I'm so thankful for. And I still, I wake up every morning thinking like, wow, I need to pinch myself. This is all I ever dreamed of. Yeah. Um, but I've reached that point now. And so I just need to think about how I can keep growing mm-hmm. and um, also expanding other facets of my practice, um, maybe to include more media work um, mm-hmm. and um, maybe bringing along some other specialties as well. And so what kind of advice would you give someone who's looking to do what you do? Um, I would definitely recommend for any um, dietitians or dietitian to be RD to be, um, I would recommend that you... Uh, reach out to dietitians who specialize where you would like to specialize or um, if you would like to start a private practice that you reach out to even any private practice dietitian no matter their specialty so you can really learn the ropes and see what the day-to-day looks like Mm -hmm. see what it entails Um, I, I take interns and I love being able to give back to my profession and shape other um new RD minds in terms of really giving them the confidence that they can start a private practice. I think it's something that has become a larger, um, sect of dietetics recently, but even when I was in my training, it just wasn't a very, um, large, uh, portion of the dietetic field. It was Mm -hmm. sort of like, are you going to work at a hospital? Are you going to work in a long-term care facility? And I have some, um, colleagues that love that work. It Mm -hmm. just wasn't for me. Right. And I actually, I, I reached out to a woman who was so instrumental in my practice and me really taking the leap to do this. And I, um, I rotated with her for my elective rotation, but I actually did hours throughout most of my internship with her on top of the required hours because I loved being there. I loved being in her office. I loved Mm -hmm. being with her. I loved, picking her brain and learning um, everything she was doing to run her practice. And so uh, I highly recommend if you want to get into this space that you do that and you really mm-hmm. learn what it entails, um, what the day-to-day look looks like. I share my, um, you know, my struggles, mistakes, things that I've learned mm-hmm. with my interns. Um, right. And also I share where things really went right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's really important. Um Specifically within digestive health, uh, I think there's a lot, um, a lot of new information out there, and yeah. uh, I think it's so important to train with someone who is credible, where you can really learn about the right resources, mm-hmm. um, and and where to really, I guess, how to keep growing um, in terms of the education and the research because there's so much available. And so again, just making sure that you reach out to people who, who are doing that. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And now, as you know, 
a big part of what this podcast is about is getting out of your comfort zone. And we already talked about it a little bit, but just in general, whether it is work life, personal, big, small, what usually helps you get out of your comfort zone in order to pursue something new or different? Um, there's a few things. So one thing is I'm, I'm very stubborn. So once I decide I'm going to do something, I usually do it because I'm competitive and I'm stubborn and I get competitive with myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I I do have a little bit of a fire, I think inside of me that Mm -hmm. is just sort of like, no, I already committed to this. I am doing it and I'm going to do it the best I can. Um, but I also feel really fortunate. I have a lot of really great support behind me. My, my husband is my rock and my biggest fan. And, um, he helps me to do what I do every single day because he's like my biggest cheerleader. And if I ever feel like, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? Mm -hmm. (laughs) He just is always there um, talking common sense back into me and saying like, look what you did. You can do this. But also um, really just just supporting me and also my family. They've been so supportive. Um, Mm -hmm. So I feel like that that helps because when when you do have your own businesses, I'm sure I know you have like the highest highs and the lowest lows because mm-hmm. it is truly your baby. Right. So um, you take everything personally and you want it all to be perfect and you yeah. put so much love and care and blood and sweat and tears into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think having that support, whatever it may be, whether it's a significant other, a best friend, a family member, um, uh, and, and also finding it within yourself to support yourself and Mm -hmm. kind of combat that negative self-talk. I think that is so important because if you have that, you really have everything. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I always talk about the fact that just having support from my friends and family is like what got me here today. And they got me to start my business and they still continue getting me to continue my business. You know, there's so many times where I have self-doubt or a situation happens and I need them to talk me through it. You know, I think when you first start a business, you think I'm going to be my own boss and I'm going to have all this freedom. And the truth is I don't have a lot of freedom because I'm always working. Um, right. That's so true. And, and it does sometimes, it, it, it drains you a little bit. And it's so important to have that support to mm-hmm. just tell you to, to keep going and look what you've built and look what you've accomplished. And you have... Um, someone else's perspective aside from just your own and I think it is the most important thing Mm -hmm. definitely and sometimes you need outside opinions too because you get so stuck inside your own head and sometimes they'll easily come across like a situation they'll be like well why don't you just do this oh why did I not think of that I always joke around that my husband is he doubles as my like manager because Mm -hmm. um any issue that I have I'll run by him um I remember when I first started he was like I think you're you're being too scattered you have so many exciting ideas you need to like build up this part and then this part and I I took that advice and it worked and when Mm -hmm. I was um feeling stuck in terms of marketing he had so many great ideas and it, it just took um having someone have that outside perspective but someone who really knows you and knows what your goals are. Yeah. And I, I mean, I I feel like I owe so much of this to him. Mm-hmm. That's so great. It's like a partnership with your business. Today. It is. <laughs> I love it. That's so awesome. And now, is there anything that you feel like you want to touch on that you didn't get to at all? Um, just that if you're thinking about starting your own 
business, it's never going to seem like the best time. It's, it's never going to seem like you're totally ready. Mm -hmm. Um, but if it is something that you want to do, the pieces will fall into place if you work hard, if you stay organized and and make a plan and you're, you're willing to be flexible because it never goes according to plan. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but that being said, I would never, um, I would never want someone to hold themselves back because we're all capable of, of doing really whatever we want to do. So it, mm-hmm. it does take hard work and that's something that I don't know if that gets talked about enough. I feel like you usually see the tip of the iceberg when you see someone's mm-hmm. success. Um, right. and you don't really see all the man hours that got them there when mm-hmm. maybe they weren't as successful. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, at the beginning it kind of feels like you're running on a, a hamster wheel. I always like to say where you're just working mm-hmm. and working and working and you're, kind of waiting to reap the benefits. Um, and the truth is it, it's just the best time to start is when you really feel that fire and that passion to do it because Mm -hmm. that will carry you through. I I want to work on my business. I want it to grow, which is why I do it at the hours that I do it and Mm -hmm. the weekends and, and everything else, because, um, it's such a passion of mine. And so if you really feel like that, that you shouldn't hesitate Mm -hmm. and it'll, you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that because that's what I keep saying. And actually, uh, my episode that I released this past week was just talking to the fact of, you know, the time is now. If you have a thought that you really want to do something and you really, 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 really want it, then why aren't you doing it? You know, you just it's need to so make true. it happen. And it always takes time to grow and perfect things. And mm-hmm. so what's that saying? Like a year from now, you'll be happy you started today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So at least getting started with it is, is the best thing to do. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And where can everybody find you? So, um, I try to be active on my Instagram. It's, um, Alyssa Levy, R-D, A-L-Y-S-S-A-L-A-V-Y-R-D. Um, and also I do have a private Facebook community, which Mm -hmm. is a little bit more recent, um, called Trust Your Gut Nutrition and Wellness by Alyssa Levy. And, um, other than that, I can always be reached via email or phone and all of that information is on my website, which is alyssalevy.com. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. And I have to say, I love how, um, in the Facebook private group, I've also been noticing when you post recipes, you're also saying like, if you're, if you can't have dairy, like then do this instead. Or if you can't have gluten, do this instead. I've been really loving that. And oh, I wanted to thank tell you, you that. Yes. I'm very big on swaps because I think that, um, it seems like a major overhaul when you need to avoid things. But the truth is if you have favorite recipes or you come across something that you want to make, usually it just takes a few swaps to make yeah. it suitable for whatever your dietary needs are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always like to show people how easy that can be. Exactly. <laughs> I've been loving it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so happy you joined me. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Thanks again for listening to the Inspired by Her Story podcast. I hope you found some inspiration, motivation, encouragement, and empowerment to get you out of your comfort zone and live your life to the fullest. Make sure to follow, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and follow the podcast at Inspired by Her Story on Instagram. Follow my brand photography on Instagram at Caitlin Casso Creations and come along with me during my travels at Caitlin Casso. Go ahead and share the podcast with a friend and take these stories with you to make the changes in your life that you've been looking for. Stay tuned for the next Inspired by Her Story episode.